A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, on the subject of fraternal charity, you have no need for anyone to write you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. Indeed, you do this for all the brothers throughout Macedonia. Nevertheless, we urge you, brothers and sisters, to progress even more and to aspire to live a tranquil life, to mind your own affairs, and to work with your own hands as we instructed you. The word of the Lord. The Lord comes to rule the earth with justice. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wondrous deeds. His right hand has won victory for him, his holy arm. Let the sea and what fills it resound, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, the mountains shout with them for joy. Before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to rule the earth. He will rule the world with justice and the peoples with equity. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately, the one who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. 
But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come share your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him in reply, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gathered where I did not scatter. Should you not then have put my money in the bank so that I could have gotten it back with interest on my return? Now then, take that talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has more, more will be given, and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where there will be the wailing and grinding of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Again, uh, it's an honor to be back here with uh, the friars uh, and, of course, all of the viewers of EWTN. I'm Father John Maria Devaney of the Dominican Friars of the province of St. Joseph. I'm currently stationed up in the Upper Valley of New Hampshire, where we serve the Dartmouth College community in a campus ministry, as well as the parish of St. Dennis. I recently found myself here in Alabama to give a retreat to our Dominican nuns at the Marbury Alabama Monastery of uh, St. Jude. And also, uh, if I may, in the time-honored tradition of uh, broadcast media, if you'll so indulge me to uh, say, hi, Mom. So that being said, all of us here gathered today for many special reasons, but first and foremost, as the church enters into a new month, Our Lady of Sorrows. September is dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows as August was dedicated to her Immaculate Heart. So we have the beauty and the glory of her Immaculate Heart and the height of summer and its heat, right, wherever you may have been in the continental U.S. this summer. And then, of course, now we enter into this time of sorrow. Not that summer is ending, perhaps, and school is beginning, but the fact that we are remembering her heartache the heartache of a mother who stood at the cross of Calvary throughout the entire month of September, and especially on the feast of, or the memorial of Our Lady of Sorrows, which will be on September 15th, after the exaltation of the cross on September 14th. And we come today, too, also because it's first Saturday. Now, also on a personal note, too, one of the great delights uh, of the bonds between Dominican friars and Franciscan friars since uh, St. Francis and Dominic met, it's continued throughout the centuries. 
and myself and Father John Paul Zeller had the privilege of getting to know one another during the Jubilee Year of Mercy, during the extraordinary Jubilee Year of Mercy in 2015 and 2016 that Pope Francis had declared. And Father John Paul and I actually do some uh, special work for the Holy Father. We are missionaries of mercy. And there's about a thousand of us in the world. We were priests that were asked to uh, serve during the Jubilee year to promote confessions, preach on confessions, preach on the mercy of God. And we were called to Rome. So Father John Paul and I got to meet each other uh, at that time, and we've stayed connected in our commissioning by the Holy Father ever since. And uh, these priests who are available throughout the world, but also in the United States in a particular way, uh, if I may say online, missionariesofmercyusa.org, uh, that we are available for confessions. We also have special faculties from the Holy Father. And also that sometimes people don't know how to maybe just find the right priest or the particular geographic area, even though there are priests everywhere, don't get me wrong, but the fact that as missionaries of mercy, we have this great commission and grace for the church. It's not for us and any special titles. And believe me, Father John Paul and I didn't get a raise on this or anything like that. Uh, but the fact that indeed, uh, this remembering always of God's mercy, always there for us continually. And of course, as we look to Our Lady today, we call her the Mother of Mercy, right? And in a very special way uh, for the EWTN community and those of you who may have made pilgrimage here uh, down to Birmingham and of course at the shrine up in Hansville, uh, today there is the celebration of the Divino Nino, the, the Divine Child Jesus. I know many of you are here for that. I'll, I'll work on my Spanish a little bit too. So, El Divino Nino, see? Si? Ah, good, I get the hands up, so that's a good sign. Muy importante for the sacerdote de hablo español. Después de los Estados Unidos, Victoria de Iglesia, mucho español. So maybe I'll get a job on EWTN Espanol. We'll see what happens. But no, I have a little, little broken Spanish. But nonetheless, this beautiful devotion that is now growing and that Mother Angelica was a part of, uh, has been a part of in promoting, it goes back to actually just the last century, not even a hundred years ago. So if you have seen the Christ child, now the Christ child we know in the great gift of Mary being the mother of God. By the way, there's one very important thing we always have to remember about Mary, why she is so glorious above all and, and, and greater than all of creation combined is yes, because she was immaculately conceived. We do uh, give her that. She was without sin. She was the only perfect human being that ever existed. But more importantly, it's because she was the mother of God. First and foremost, why we have her in such esteem and why she's above all else is her motherhood of God, being the mother of the Christ child. And of course, we know devotions to the Christ child uh, go back to, dare I say, even when Simeon got to hold the Christ child in the temple, right? That was the first devotion to the Christ child. And then to look, of course, the great and famous infant of Prague, right? The beautiful infant of Prague and the honoring of the infant of Prague and then desiring blessings from the child. Think about it. We don't think of children, hold on, children are blessings, but we don't think per se of children giving us blessings the way a mother or father would give, you know, the little bendicion, right, right, on the, on the forehead, beautiful custom and tradition. But we do see as the Christ child, he is the one to bless us. Of course, children are a blessing, do not get me wrong, but the actual benediction, 
that comes from Christ to us in our lives. So we have this celebration. Going back, if you don't know the story, and I did a little homework myself, to a Salesian priest from Italy by the name of Dom Giovanni Rizzo. Very interesting, last name connected there too as the uh, name of Mother Angelica in the world. And he was in the barrios of Bogota in Colombia, and he was trying to establish, you know, the church or help build some churches there, a church there. And he had a vision in his head of a child, and it said, take me with you. I want to accompany you. That this child wanted to be with Father Giovanni as he built this church. And then he was uh, out and about, and he found... Uh, at a, a shop called El Vaticano, very good name for a shop, I guess, to, to try and get some people in the door, El Vaticano, uh, of religious goods. And he found this sculpture of the Christ child, and it said underneath, or he had, he asked it to be put underneath, Yo renare, I reign, I reign, I will reign. And then, of course, the Christ child, actually, when he found this sculpture, was carrying a cross on his back, and he asked for that to remove. And now we've seen this devotion come to America through Mother Angelica and through Yelbetien. And he sees, and we have this time-honored tradition of the blessing of the Christ child as we have our acts of faith to the Christ child, and then also our good acts of charity to our neighbor, especially the poor, asking for blessings in return from the Christ child. So, as you may or may not know, Mother Angelica went down in 1995 to Colombia to explore the possibility of starting some Spanish broadcasting. And she was brought to this church where she saw the El, Del Vino, uh, El Divino Nino, and it spoke to her. That's the tradition, I guess, that's held. And that she, he said to her, build the great shrine. Build a great temple to my honor and to bless your benefactors. All the good people tuning in from all the, around the world to support the word, the word made flesh, right? To be preached and the truth. So, of course, now here we are, the recipients of this many decades later, and the great shrine up in Hansville, which if you've never had the privilege of going to, uh, maybe perhaps make a pilgrimage one day uh, down here to Alabama. And, of course, where the nuns are, the poor Claires are, praying for the world now, and the friars care for, and I had the privilege of being up there last year. And in our devotion, what we see here through the network is that the Christ child is holding his heart out. We see that. The little child holding out his heart for you and I, that we have the opportunity to have our hearts match his heart, that we have to have the heart of a child. And I want to share something with you from the divine office this morning uh, that was quite beautiful. And it's from the psalmody. Now, if any of you have ever seen a breviary, perhaps, it's what the priest and religious carry around with the whole divine office, the Psalter in it. And believe it or not, it is part of the extension of the Liturgy of the Day Mass. And we have the uh, time-honored tradition in the church of the Liturgy of the Hours, sanctifying the day that the monks and the nuns and the religious, and now the laity, since the Second Vatican Council, have been invited to pray as well, to, to partake. Now it's even on your phone. You don't have to walk around carrying a book like this. Uh, and it's quite convenient, but it's beautiful because it's the psalmody of the church. And this morning, as we began at what was called the Office of Readings, the antiphon was this. Whoever humbles himself like a little child will be greater in the kingdom of heaven. And then it goes on as we chanted this morning, recited Psalm 131. 
O Lord, my heart is not proud, nor haughty my eyes. I have not gone after things too great, no marvels beyond me. Truly, I have set my soul in silence and peace. As a child has rest in its mother's arms, even so my soul. I'll say that again. As a child has rest in its mother's arms, even so my soul. O Israel, hope in the Lord, both now and forever. So today, brothers and sisters, we have this opportunity to have our own rest of soul in the arms of a child, right? The child Jesus. And then, of course, as the child Jesus would rest in his mother's arms and she had the singular privilege of holding her child, her son, as the mother of God, true God, true man, for you and I now to have that same child in a few moments here in our hearts, in his body, blood, soul, and divinity, the real presence of Holy Communion, that gift of where the Christ child can enter again and again and again, this little baby that has saved the world through his mother's humanity, right? And then also through his divinity, and that we have that. Thank God. We remember that, especially on the first Saturday of every month. And of course, today in a very special way with that little El Divino Nino. So let us keep our lives childlike, not childish. And also, let us go to the Christ child. Let us go to his mother. And even in our times of sorrow, most importantly, that was her greatest act of faith, hope, and love on Calvary when she gave her son over back to his father, his heavenly father, as he died on the cross. And then, of course, she received then more she could even imagine as she had already received being immaculately conceived when she was then made mother of the church, the mother of our souls and all who follow her son in childlike simplicity.